Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I appreciate you listening and I love to hear your stories that you are learning along your running journey. Today's episode is an exciting episode of an amazing story of Shan, who is literally running across the country for an amazing cause with Food Share feeding America along the way. Shan is doing something incredible. He's running every single day, approximately 40 miles per day. I will give you a heads up though, because Shan did this recording literally two thirds of the way through his journey across America. He was somewhere in Iowa on the side of the road in his van. Unfortunately for our listening ears, the audio recording did not come out as great as it normally would. So my apologies in advance, but if you stick through with the story, I think you will appreciate Shan's story, what he's experiencing as he runs across America and the amazing cause that he's doing it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you again for listening. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. All right, good evening, healthy runners. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. And it's Monday and we are adding a spark to your Monday night within the Healthy Runner Facebook group because I am here with an amazing guy, Shan Riggs, accomplishing an amazing feat running across America. And he's doing it all for the greater good to help feed our future with Food Share, partnered with Soft and Shop. And Food Share is a Greater Hartford, Connecticut regional food bank. And this is one charity, especially during this time, that is needed now more than ever. Their demand has gone up 30% during the pandemic. So we are going to be getting into what Shan is doing right now as he uh, runs across America. Welcome to the show, Shan. Thank you. Thanks for being here. This is uh, an amazing journey that you are on. I've been following you on social media. So normally we actually get right into the interview, but I just want to give a little background and context for our audience to, to kind of find out what you've been doing. And I think it's important that we kind of see where you've been a little bit before we get into this episode. So Shan is a competitive runner. His running resume includes close to 50 ultra marathons, including the Western States 100-mile endurance run, which is the oldest 100-miler in the country. Shan and his crew chief, Callie Vinson, started their journey in San Francisco on September 1st, and Shan is running about 40 miles per day, and he's currently on day 55, and it is his last full day in Iowa right now and looking to finish in Connecticut before Thanksgiving. So he's going to be running through 12 states and 3,100 miles and doing it to raise a lot of awareness for food insecurity along the journey. So in this episode, Shan is going to be telling us why he decided to take on this challenge and some of his stories that he's had along the way running across America. So Shan, let's get started with our dynamic warm-up. This is something that we do with all of our guests. 
So you've gotten a little introduction, but tell us, where are you from and uh, what do you do? Well, originally I grew up on a farm in Indiana, but I lived in Chicago for a long time. Also lived all over the place, uh, San Francisco, San Diego. I live in this band I'm currently in right now for, for nine months, a couple of years ago, and then now doing that again. I was the, the sponsorship director uh, for the Heart to the Marathon Foundation. Uh, and so we quit having events this year. I was also a sponsorship consultant for a lot of different organizations, festivals, museums, arts organizations. Uh, and since all those, uh, all of my clients were event-based, that's on pause for 2020. So, so you ask, what do I do? Well, I, I run across America. That is my, my current occupation. And uh, when I finish, I hope to find a new one. So uh, if anybody's got any leads on that, I'm, I'm all ears. All right. Well, hopefully we can get you some leads uh, before this is all said and done. I would imagine definitely during this time, events are obviously canceled. So, yeah, I'm feeling for you and so many people out there um, just like you. Yeah, hopefully we're going to be able yeah, to re reach out. out to all your friends in the events industry. So they're, they're, uh, they're struggling. Um, you know, people like myself, you know, I'm not food insecure, but a lot of people that I know are are either food insecure or close to it and that's that's why food share and, and food in america the, the center of who we want to support right now yeah absolutely so why do you like to run shan uh well i've been running since uh since high school i guess uh, competitively i didn't really get into uh into the crazy long stuff until i read gene Carnegie's book ultra marathon man um, and thought, you know, that's, that's something maybe I, I can do that. And so for the past like 15 years, I've been running ultra marathons, 100 milers, 24 hour races, other expedition runs, um, nothing quite this far, but I've done things like run across Panama and run the length of Illinois and ran from Chicago to Minneapolis 300 miles at a time. So done some, done some crazy runs, but this is, this is a, this is a whole new level. Yeah. Wow. That is well, you definitely have run a lot. Um, so how did you become <laughs> an ultra runner? Uh, it, it, mostly it's just practice. <laughs> so you just keep going a little bit further, a little bit further every day. And, you know, 5K turns into 10K, turns into half marathon, turns into marathon. And if, if you do it long enough, pretty soon you're doing some pretty crazy stuff. Wow, I can't even imagine, honestly. Um, so myself, I am more of a half marathoner. Um, I've run only one Hartford uh, full marathon, but I am more of a half marathoner. So anyone who is running more, anyone who's running, honestly, multiple marathons, I think is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And then being an ultra runner and running more than that, I like kudos to you. I think that is amazing um, feat, honestly, from physical standpoint, especially being a physical therapist, Kind of thinking about the demands on the body, um, I think it is pretty amazing. And honestly, what you're doing now is even, you know, I, I just can't honestly even believe it. For us mere mortals who run our 5Ks, our half marathons, and even marathons, what advice can you give for ultra marathon training for beginners if someone was thinking about, maybe I should try a little bit more than a marathon? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it's just going out all day and getting used to being upright for the entire day. Um, you know, the, the running is important, um, but a lot of it is just getting used to being out there all the time. And the only way to do that is just to be out there all the time. So 
top to train for what I'm doing now. I'd run 10 to 15 ish miles during the work week when I was working. Um, and then, but then during the weekends, it was really just going out all day. Uh, and that could be 30 miles, 40 miles. Um, but if you're just getting into it, maybe it's 20 miles that you just take all day and you try to be upright and walk when you have to. And um, some, some of it is training your body literally just to be upright all day. It gets hard to hold your arms up. Some of the, some of the things that are the most sore for me is my neck uh, and my, my lats that are, that are, uh, or the, the Upper shoulder trap. muscles that are just trying to, trying to do the trap thing, but they're trying to hold, hold my muscles up all day. So you, you get surprising things. Uh, you got to learn how to take care of chafing and blisters in a way that you don't really have to in a half marathon or a marathon even. I could imagine. Yes. I, you know, those are things that I think about during like summer runs when you're really sweaty and I couldn't imagine, right. you know, you're getting that repeated kind of beating up of, of your body over and over again. Yeah, I thought blisters and chafing would be a huge problem, but um, we're working with two comms, um, which is like a body, uh, like slide type stuff. And yep. uh, using that, I've managed to make it over 2,000 miles without any blisters, which I'm so happy about because that would be, that would be just one more thing to have to deal with. <laughs> Nice. No, that's good advice because I know people are always um, trying to find like the best, you know, anti-chafe kind of cream. So it's called Two Toms, you said? Yeah, Two Toms. So, and it's great because you put it on, you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. It doesn't, it never comes off with sweat. It only comes off with soap and water and that's it. So it's been my favorite for a long time. So when we started to plan this, reached out to them and um, they were more than happy to help supply us all the way across the country, which is a lot of two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so on this podcast, and we like to share tips just like that, um, which is great. And sometimes we'll talk about like injury prevention type of things for runners or like the common running injuries or strength training for runners, nutrition for runners, all that kind of stuff. But then I also like to bring on great causes like yours, like what you're doing, um, kind of service based things for charity, things that really our running community can get behind and kind of use this podcast and this platform to help just spread the word. And I think from what I've seen on your website um, and what I followed you on social media, um, you know, everything that you're doing is for an amazing cause. So I understand that you are running for food share. What is food share? Yeah, thank you. Um, so when I was thinking about doing this run, you know, one of the first things I wanted to think about is it's a kind of thing that it's good news. It could get some publicity. And so how do we steer that publicity in a, in a positive, useful direction? Uh, and I've been working with Food Share for the past couple of years. And so they were the immediate organization that came to mind. So Food Share is the food distribution organization for a large portion of Connecticut. Um, so they distribute food to food pantries all over all over the state all over the central part of the state. Um, they're a part of Feeding America. Um, you've probably seen them in the news because they're distributing food um, at uh, Winslow Field. Uh, and and, and that, that's because of the great demand that's happened because of COVID. So in addition to what they're normally doing, uh, distributing food to food pantries, they've also had to get hundreds of volunteers and tons more food uh, out to to the whole community because there's lots of us now that are 
out of work that we didn't expect to be out of work for the first part of the year and a lot of people were really struggling um i was able to volunteer there right before we left for the run um you know at rancho field and it was amazing to see just the amount of people coming through period but also just the amount of people that are really needing assistance for the first time ever um so there's a lot of people that have never needed food that, that now do and so it's really just incredibly critical and, and uh, something we want to point a spotlight out and raise money for so uh, the most important thing is they, they need money they're in a, an extreme situation of, of need and so uh, we need people to step up that can afford to to help out so go to shanrunsacrossamerica.com <laughs> click on donate if you can um, if you can't that's fine too you know go out volunteer there's plenty of opportunities that way or just share what we're doing try to get it out as much as possible absolutely and that's really easy guys i actually did that right before we jumped on here on the live um it's very easy on the website we'll drop that all at the end as well and those listening on the podcast that will definitely be within the show notes i will give all all the information that you can go ahead and donate toward food share and i think you had mentioned also that stop and shop has been a, a great supporter and kind of sponsor of this project as well. Is that correct? Yeah, the Stop and Shop's one of the biggest supporters of, of Food Share and also of us. They supplied us with a huge amount of food, which is critical. I'm, I'm eating five to six thousand calories a day, uh, so like that's a pretty big grocery bill um, without their support. Um, they're also going to be doing. Um, matching on Thursdays in, in November. So uh, they're going to be donating, I believe it's $20 a mile on Thursdays in November. Uh, we're going to be doing some other promotions as we get closer to Connecticut. Uh, so definitely follow along there. Um, and we're, we're really so hoping to amplify what we do with Stop and Shop and Food Share and, and kind of bring it all together as we get closer to closer to Connecticut and closer to Thanksgiving. That's awesome. Yeah, no, we'll definitely uh, talk about that a little later, I'm sure, because I know a lot of people who are, you know, following us along in the Facebook group are from Connecticut. So I'm sure a lot of people will want to support you as you kind of bring it home here. Um, so this journey across America. So you started in San Francisco, September 1st, and now you're in your last full day in Iowa, right? How long does it actually take to run across America? <laughs> well, hopefully less than three months. Uh, when we started... I wasn't really sure what would be a sustainable amount of miles day in and day out. Uh, I would I would just pick a kind of a I, I've I've run a lot of ultra marathons. I've run two hundred miles at a time. Um, so we've done a lot of things. But I didn't know what would be okay to do every day. Get up every day, run all day. Do the logistics of trying to find out where we're going to stay that night. Really couldn't have done this without having the crew chief Callie um, to help with food and moving the van and all that. So once we got to got going as a team for the first couple of weeks, um, it started to be feel like 40 miles a day is a sustainable amount, uh, and we've been doing that pretty successfully up to this point. We're over 2,000 miles in, so about two thirds of the way, uh, and we're a few days from Chicago. We've taken a so far. Out of 55 days, we've had one one rest day uh, with some friends in the Boulder area. Um, Callie lives in Chicago, um, and I'm basically from the Chicago area. So when we get to Chicago, we're going to take two days. So our, our other two rest days, 
and then the, the idea is to go on from there um, you know, through Indiana and then Ohio and then Pennsylvania, a little bit of New York and then in, into Connecticut. And the goal is to get to Connecticut around the Thanksgiving. So we're trying to, uh, now that we're sort of getting, it, it's weird to say that a thousand miles is, is the final stretch, but, um, but it feels a little bit that way. <laughs> Um, we've, we've got a groove going and, and I, I think we've, uh, you know, as long as nothing else comes up, which who knows, a lot of things could happen in, in a thousand miles, but, um, but, uh, you know, yes, question, how, how long does it take? Uh, hopefully less than three months. So we'll see. All right. So that's the goal, right? Less than three months. Okay. And then, yeah, tell me a little bit about how, how did Kelly get involved in this project? So Kelly and I have run together. We met at the end of last year and have run together some and, um, I was telling, I actually initially conceived this run as something self-supported, uh, cause I didn't figure anybody would want to, you know, come with me for three, four five months. But uh, as I told Callie about what I was planning, she, without me asking initially, immediately was like, I'm in. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't even thought of asking her cause she has a full-time job. So, um, she's been driving the van, cooking, doing everything that you need outside of running. And she has a job. Uh, in an ad agency uh, full-time during the day. Couldn't have asked anybody to do that, and so she stepped up, and it's just been incredible. And um, Other people have come out to help some, but it's mostly just us out in the middle of nowhere in America. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing journey. Like, I've been following on social media, like I mentioned, and, you know, Callie will post, like, she's literally, you know, driving 10 miles ahead, and then she'll work for a couple hours, wait for you to get there, and then kind of like cook you lunch, you know, get your meal ready, and then go ahead and drive out a little further, do work. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, honestly. And who would do that, right? And kind of drop what they're doing at home for that many months. And that seems pretty amazing. So you're definitely lucky to have all of that support, honestly, that you need. I'm sure it makes it a lot easier yeah, for you. No, I, I, absolutely. It's a it's a full-time thing for both of us. Uh, it's a completely enveloping expedition and, and process. We're getting along so far. I told her she was going to regret it. Um, so, but, uh, uh, so far, so good. We've made it. It's amazing to, to find help from Kelly. And then also the people that are, that are donating, that are helping with the cause. Um, we've had just strangers once they find out what we're doing. So... It's been a huge outpouring of support, but uh, I absolutely couldn't have done it without Kelly's support. Yeah, so take me to that initial decision. I don't know if we covered that, because basically, mm -hmm. I know you had mentioned that, you know, events weren't happening, so you kind of weren't working. Um, was this something you've always, like, envisioned doing, running across America, or were you just like, hey, it's a pandemic, and why not? <laughs> So a little bit of both. Uh, so I, I think a lot of ultra runners, uh, anybody who gets into running hundred mile races for fun, has thought about the idea of you know could I possibly run across the continent? And and there are others that have done it. It's a pretty rare thing. I think as far as running goes, it's like less than five hundred people have run across the the United States. It's been recorded, so it, it's not a common thing. Um, but I think it's something people uh, you know imagine because it's. I don't know. It's 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 kind of like climbing Everest or, or something like that. Uh, but I never thought I would actually have the time. Uh, so it was definitely a back burner, like in the dreams, in in the cloud sort of dream. Uh, and then I lost my job, so I suddenly had a lot of 
lot of time on my hands uh, and not really any prospects of my industry starting back up anytime soon. And so here we are um, within uh, about a week of me realizing that I wasn't gonna have any work. Uh, I decided to do it. And then within three weeks, uh, we were on the road. Uh, so it was a short amount of time. Fortunately, I own a camper van, which is what I'm sitting in right now. And that's how we, that's how we make our way across. He's, Callie's driving the camper van and we sleep in it most nights. Uh, and so I was fortunate to have the health and fitness to do it just suddenly and, uh, and the means, um, modest means, uh, with my van and my small amount of savings. So, so here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty amazing. I think a lot of, a lot of runners, honestly, listen to this probably could relate, right. About, you know, how COVID changed you, right. And how we all stopped and yeah. really paused, right. We actually like paused our lives and it forced us to really think about, you know, either things we want to do in our life or the things that we were doing in our life that we didn't really enjoy and say what's important in our lives right now. I know for me, you know, with, I have two younger girls and I was pretty much like here in my clinic hustling like every single night of the week, like not getting home mm -hmm. till like 10 PM, basically not seeing them uh, during the week until the weekends and being home, you know, during COVID when things kind of were in lockdown for a little bit, it was great to be able to spend that time with them. So, I said to myself, when things come back, you know, I'm going to make sure that I set this, you know, carve some time out where like Wednesdays are family dinner night and, you know, just little things like that. I think a lot of more people have a little different perspective now on life and what we want to do to make sure that we live our best life, right? We only get one life. So like, this is pretty amazing what you're yeah, doing. That seems, yeah, that seems the silver lining to come out of this, this tragedy. Uh, you know, I was uh, in February, I was 60 hours a week, you know, completely full around the clock. Our, our consulting business was going well. It was uh, my regular day job was going very well, uh, but I was busy all the time. Uh, and so it is nice to have some time, uh, um, but I'm also trying to use this as a way to get some work. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can all sort of appreciate the things we have. And also the things we had and the things that hopefully we can get back to doing again someday soon. Right. And and honestly, you're taking this situation, right? So you did lose your job. You know, you had a bunch of lemons thrown at you and you're taking this and making some lemonade and then some um, with this cause that you're really raising money for. And I think that's amazing, honestly, because you probably you definitely wouldn't be able to have the time to do this. Right. If you had your job. So like at the same point you're, you know, raising thousands of dollars to help people who are food insecure during this difficult time, you know, kudos to you, honestly, and for doing what you're doing, because you could just be at home and going for your runs and just Netflix and chill, right? And just hanging out. Yeah, but... I figured that was the alternative was to say sitting around scrolling through job wanted things without without there being any jobs. So I, I am actively looking in there and hoping this is a nice resume builder, but at the same time, you might as well hit the road and do something positive. <laughs> there you go. Yes, absolutely. So just tell us about for those who are actually wondering if they would ever run across the country. What is the journey that you are taking to get across the country? Can you just share that kind of which states yeah. you're going through? Yeah, so a little bit on the logistics. So we started September 1st, 
Uh, well, first off, drove all the way across the country from Connecticut. We picked up Kelly in Chicago. We took two days to get get out there. Picked it, went to Goo headquarters in Berkeley. Picked up a whole bunch of their products, um, and then started September first. Uh, again, going with the, an RV camper van, uh, and then um, in the first few days, wasn't really sure how far per day we're going to go. My my main concern was just being able to to make it across the country in, in one piece. And uh, I do want I did want to be a run where you know we're pushing the distance somewhat, um, but I also didn't want to push myself to break down. So um, we started off maybe 30 miles a day, 35, kind of crept up until it felt comfortable. Um, the route uh, goes from San Francisco through the Central Valley in California. Um, we went up to the Sierras, which was beautiful. Also a little terrifying because we, we have some problems with the van. The, the cooling fan is going out in the, in the van, so climbing up over mountain passes is really, really sketchy. But Kelly's managed to, to make it over in one piece. And then we went down into Nevada. Uh, and Nevada in September is beautiful. Great weather, empty skies at night. Um, more mountainous than I realized, <laughs> uh, and then into Utah uh, for several days in Utah. My sister was able to come out and visit us up into Colorado into the Rockies. Uh, again, that was another big, big climb up to the Rockies. Um, we went 40 miles a day for the entire month of September in part to get up in, into and over the passes in the Rockies before there was too much snow. Uh, and we were fortunate to be able to to get through there before there was too much snow, and then down into the eastern Colorado and Nebraska. Uh, we were in Nebraska through most of the corn harvest, and then now Iowa, and now we're at the cusp of, of Illinois. So um, our process is usually get up well before dawn, try to get going at first light. Uh, Kelly will drive the van ahead, usually around 10 miles for like breakfast. Kelly cooked breakfast, another 10 miles lunch, another 10 miles uh, quick snack, and then up to around 40 for the day. So running about eight hours a day, give or take, um, with a few 20 to, to 30 minute breaks in between, with the idea to try to make it so that I'm not so sore and tired at the end of the day that that I'm wrecked for the next day, but also go fast enough that I have enough time to recover in, in the afternoons and evenings. So today, I think it ended around four. Um, and so, you know, if I really wanted to go, we could go farther if we had to, but my main goal is to make it across the country at good speed without falling apart. <laughs> so it's, it, it's a struggle every morning when I wake up. Um, takes me a few minutes to realize where I am and what we're doing and why and, and why to do it all over again. But, um, but uh, we're getting there and we've gotten used to it. And uh, with, with Callie's support, we're able to get up every morning and, and start, start over and do it again. Yeah, that is amazing. Like Shan, you are literally running more than really majority of us listening to this run in a week. And you were doing it in a day. So are you running seven days a week? Yeah. Yeah. Every day except for one so far. Uh, Holy cow. Just, and it's been, 
amazing. I'm I'm actually in in better shape now, um, stronger now than I was when we started. I did get some injuries when we started. I, I got Achilles tendonitis in both both legs. I got shin splints in both legs, um, some foot pain, things like that. But all of it's gotten better on its own. So it's amazing wow. how the body can heal on the run and. A lot of that is just being able to to rest enough. I'm I'm horizontal about nine hours a day uh, and eat enough to recover. I I've lost a few pounds, but it hasn't been dramatic. Um, and for other people that I've talked to that have done crossings, that was that was critical. Is make sure you're able to eat enough and rest enough so that the body can recover. Um, and it, it's about you're on you know you're close on the edge you know if, if i push it too much i could start to tell that things are this could be bad and this could be a, an injury that maybe won't heal itself so it's it's really important to be able to feel understand what your body's going through and and if there's a little twinge on something that maybe maybe walk for a quarter mile or half a mile or something and you know start running on that next downhill and and take little breaks like that but you, you have to be I, I try to run as if I'm barefoot, even though I'm running with shoes that are, you know, got super thick soles on. Okay. So you're trying to, like, is that a different gait pattern than you would traditionally run, would you say? Not too much. As I've gotten into ultra marathon running, and that was something I learned is to is to run on my soles uh, or mid mid soles um, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I wear a, a lot of zero drop shoes but um, but it, it helps you kind of learn how to run again as, as pretend you're barefoot without actually being barefoot um, so run like you're stepping on glass <laughs> I can do about a nine minute mile pace with that form and, uh, but that took me years uh, when I got into ultramarathon running, I, I was, had injuries in every every injury you could have. I had especially tendonitis, especially Achilles tendonitis. Um, so it took me a long time to finally be able to really learn to run gingerly enough that I haven't had an injury, a serious injury, in in, uh, in several years now. Wow, there's so many good points here. I think it reiterates a lot of the concepts that we talk about within our healthy runner community. Um, one is that the body adapts, the body adapts to the demands that you place on it. And the fact that you did have Achilles tendonitis, you did have shin splints and you literally didn't stop running. Like you literally ran every day, basically close to 40 miles per day and your pain did get better. So I actually just talked about this two episodes ago now on folks who do have running injuries that you don't need to stop running necessarily, um, modifying and then kind of getting on the correct strategies. But you're like proof right there. And what you told me is you really didn't stop running. You, <laughs> you kept plugging, yeah. plugging along and your body did heal. Yeah. It, it's amazing. And I've, I've been surprised with that, even in, in training up to this, sort of, if, if, it, if the injury itself doesn't stop me from running or prevent my stride so bad that it, that it's just, you know, ridiculous. Uh, I found that for the most part, you can you can train through the vast majority of, of injuries. Um, you know, but don't be stupid about it. Uh, you know, if you have a stress fracture or something like that, uh, you know, there's some things you need to stop for. But things like tendonitis, sometimes you do need to stop. Sometimes you don't. Uh, and so it's it's tricky, and it it that's why you know 
some of us are getting into our 40s before we really figure it out. <laughs> so it takes some takes some trial and error and to be able to really feel it. Um, but in this case, in this run, I, I, I would be going, even if they was a, 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 with an injury that maybe was going to be serious for several months, I'd, I'd probably still be going. But I'm thankful that I, we've gotten this far and, and I'm not in a, in a ton of pain. I, I, uh, I thought I would be in much worse shape than I am right now. So it just shows how adaptable the human body is. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully you got some wood to knock on in that uh, camper there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really thin, cheap wood, but uh, it, particle board maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, some great points there um, in terms of injuries and really reiterates what we did a deep dive in a couple of episodes ago, um, because there are so many runners out there that sometimes feel like the littlest pain and they're like, oh, I just need to rest. Let me stop running for a week and then I'll try to run again. And then their pain comes back. And then it's like a never ending cycle. So, you know, finding out the strategies that work best for your body to heal. And it sounds like um, Shan has done that. So, yeah, yeah I think well, uh, I know I'm on the extreme end of that, uh, of that, you know, yes. go until you drop uh, uh, attitude, but, uh, but it works. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think you do have to be in a certain amount of good physical fitness to be able to train through an injury. Um, but, the, the older I've gotten, the more I've just said, screw it. I'm just going to go until I need to go to the hospital. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't had to go to the hospital today. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into the specifics. So you are two-thirds of the way through. Um, so I want to know like some information that's been happening. So which one of the areas that you've run so far has been the toughest? For toughest? Toughest might have been Iowa. Uh, it's gotten cold uh, over the past week week or two weeks uh we had snow for the first time uh it's just been gray and windy and wet and and high of 40 low of in the 20s um, oh wow and so that, and that's made it harder not so much for the running because running when it's 30 40 degrees is actually very comfortable but uh but just for getting up in the morning when when you wake up and you could see your breath inside the van and and uh all you've got is gray days and corn to look at. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is a little different than the than the 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 desert can be hostile, but it's it's beautiful and there's no bugs. Uh, so so running in the West is, has been fantastic. Running in the Midwest has been a little bit challenging, but I'm from the Midwest and so um, I try to appreciate it and, and see that there is beauty out here, but. Um, you know, during harvest season, you can you can have some good days and have some bad days. So it's it gets monotonous, but we're getting through it. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when it is monotonous, and I would imagine if there's like, and I've seen some of your pictures, which are amazing, by the way, um, the cornfields, and there's really not a whole lot to look at. So what do you do to mentally, honestly, get over any? You have to have mental hurdles, right, during this journey, like. Yeah, have I have a few strategies. Um, the the easy the there are things like listening to podcasts and listening to audio books. I'm, I'm catching up a lot of my reading. That's one way. Um, I also do uh, meditation on the run, so mindfulness meditation, which which helps a lot to be in the moment and to be aware of your thoughts and feelings, um, to remove yourself from suffering. Uh, so, you know, you, it's, it's natural to have that craving to 
not have pain to get to the finish. Um, but if you can be aware of your feelings and, and aware of your thoughts and be able to observe that from uh, from a different place besides, uh, you know, to, to say pain is inevitable and, and suffering is a choice. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, so practicing that, um, it takes a lot of practice. It's not something that just happens. Um, so it's kind of a combination of distraction in, in one hand um, with music, podcasts, audio books, things like that. Or, you know, sometimes people say going into the pain cave, it's, it's not unlike that, that, that mindfulness meditation of just accepting the fact that you, you're going to be uncomfortable, you're going to be in pain, um, but, but not letting that become suffering. Um, so you know, I, I kind of rotate back and forth throughout the day. Uh, and then there's pure joy of, you know, look what we're doing. And there's some bliss uh, from, from time to time throughout the day. Um, but it takes work. So it takes, that's, it's, it's much more of a mental game than it is a physical one. And the physical part, I know I'm going to be uncomfortable. I know I'm going to be in pain every day. Uh, hopefully not to extremes um, because it is such a, a long endeavor. Um, but uh, in order to make sure I don't go from pain to suffering, that it just takes being on top of it from a mental perspective. No, great, uh, great tips. And now, you know, this, this episode is going to be actually number 40 of the Healthy Runner podcast. So you actually have 39 other episodes to catch up on. And you can't <laughs> use the excuse that you don't have time because I know you're going to have some time. <laughs> I, I got nothing but time. Nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So which one of the areas that you've run in so far has been the most interesting or like the most surprising? Maybe it like surprised you. You weren't expecting. Um, uh as far as surprising goes, um, the country is much hillier and mountainous than you might think. <laughs> um, so drive across country, which I've done 10 times, I've done several times, um, it, especially if you're driving on the freeway, you don't realize just how mountainous Nevada is, how mountainous Utah is. I mean, we went through 10,000 foot passes in both those states, uh, and it's just constant up, up, down, up, down, but it's also beautiful. So the mountains are beautiful. So I, I wasn't uh, upset to have to go through it, but occasionally I was surprised by it. All right. Well, I did see, I think it was yesterday's post, some ridiculous like pork sandwich or something you had in Iowa. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was a, that's a giant tenderloin sandwich. I'm from the Indiana, so I thought everybody had had those. So oh <laughs> we came to the special I saw a picture from what they were serving. It's like, what is that? I'm like, it's a pork tenderloin sandwich. <laughs> so we had to eat one. It's uh, how big? It's about the size of a large pizza. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> On like a bun, like you saw this tiny like roll that is normally like a big roll compared to this piece of meat. I was like, what is that? This is the so, only time I, I could eat something like that. <laughs> what has been, uh, do you have a best food that you've tried that you never tried before? Uh, I've gotten used to diner food uh, is one thing. Um, I, I'm normally when I'm doing this, I'm a salad, mostly vegetables. Uh, I do eat meat, but more occasionally. Uh, but during this trip, it has been a lot more meat because it's a lot more protein. It's 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 difficult to get the dense amount of calories that that you need. I'm, I think you probably could do something like this and, and be a vegan. It's certainly possible. Um, but there, 
uh, you just need so much protein to recover um, that it's it's become easier to it, normally stopping at a at a random diner in the country um, wouldn't have been appealing to me, but now you can get a lot of calories in a four egg omelet and buttered toast and pancakes. Uh, so so a giant tenderloin. Those are, they're not normal foods that I would I would I would gravitate towards, um, but they're easy to find out here uh, and delicious if you've been running for 30 miles 40 miles <laughs> so yeah and it's a productive way right to refuel so so you don't waste away all the calories that you're burning is there any other way that you are fueling um any other supplements or anything like that you're doing yeah every day i'm um, using goo rocane our recovery drink um so i've been using some of their products um, and then Callie's just been great about mixing things up and, uh, you know, having a protein, having good fats like avocados and we were just eating, you know, protein, uh, you know, protein filled uh, dish with salmon in it and a little bit of vegetables. So, um, I'm fortunate that I have a good cook, somebody that's been on top of things so I can just run and eat it's it's been amazing. you talked about um kind of this journey across america that you're on has there been anyone else who has run with you during this journey like has anyone heard about it in like some of the local areas and kind of you're like forrest gump and people just like jump in and run some miles with you yeah for sure so lots of friends uh have come out lots of people i didn't know have come out for a few miles um they just saw what we're doing either on social or, and things like this. Um, and, and we're easy to find. Go to shanrunsacrossamerica.com. Um, we have a spot tracker that's live all the time. Uh, I also am updating uh, Strava every day. Uh, there's a million ways you can contact us and, and come out. Um, we're always looking for a place to park the van at night. So we're about ready to drive through the middle of, of Illinois and Indiana and things like that. So if you're less than an hour away from our route and can just give us a place to park. Um, that's always appreciated or just come out and, and say hi. Um, a common thing that's happens to us is uh, the vans parked at a weird place on the side of the road, um, waiting for me, somebody, either a police car comes, comes down, wonders why we're parked there or somebody calls in, um, the, the local sheriff or, uh, state troopers or whatever find out what we're doing then they'll call ahead and then suddenly everybody that's uh, a county vehicle knows what we're doing so we i'll get a lot of honks when that happens and a lot of hate you know, run for us runs and and things like that so um you, you start to find out people it, it word gets out what, what you're doing um and like i said love love to have if you want to join for a few miles come out and do it so whatever so and anything nice. to get the word out anything to help get more donations yeah. So if you guys are listening and you live in, let's see, you're going through Indiana, you're going to be going through Illinois, Indiana, Northern and Illinois. I think Ohio. Yep. Northern Illinois, Northern Indiana. We'll end up running through Cleveland and then through all of Pennsylvania. Cut through New York on the way to, to um, Food Share, which is near Hartford, and then um, onto the coast from there. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, hopefully we get some some people that keep you company along the way. So I know you mentioned the importance for you and the key, it seems like that has led to your success thus far has been kind of this recovery and resting. So how are you exactly doing that? Um, well, every, every time when the, when the 
run is done for the day. It's have a recovery shake, maybe drink a beer, uh, and then try to eat a huge dinner that's high on protein and fat, and then get to sleep. Uh, honestly, it's almost my bedtime. It's quarter till eight. So, <laughs> so and try to sleep. Um, we're, the sun right now is coming up around seven, so I'm trying to be in bed between nine p.m. and and six a.m. in the morning. So that's a lot. Of, that's much more than I, I would in my my quote unquote normal life uh, as far as being in bed and getting down. So just I'm not asleep that whole time, but I'm at least laying down <laughs> with a lot of food in my stomach. It's helping recover from the next day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Recovery, rest, very important, especially with what you're doing um, from a physical standpoint. Um, so kind of personal question here. So you've been traveling with Callie here. She's been your support uh, team. What have you learned about her or what has been one surprising thing she's learned about you that you guys don't mind sharing on the podcast? Do you have any surprising things you'd like to <laughs> She says no. I think, I think that's a no comment from both of us. <laughs> hey, the fact that you guys have tolerated each other this long. We right? haven't we we haven't have been screaming and yelling at each other, so that's one thing. We'll have yeah, to see how it goes. We still got we still got a long ways to go, so don't do <laughs> it. All right. So we're coming down to actually the final stretch here, Shan. So if you could change one thing about the misconception of ultra running. Or honestly, you can even answer this from like fighting the fight against hunger standpoint. What would that be? You know, I I learned one of the reasons why we chose food share is I learned something with working with Stop and Shop at the beginning of all this um, when everything was going crazy with supply chains and everybody's running to the grocery store. Grocery stores this year have been. Um, Everybody's shopping. Nobody's going out to eat or not going out to eat as much. And the grocery stores have been crazy busy. And normally, the actual food that FoodShare and other um, similar organizations get are donations of excess food from the grocery store. Well, suddenly, the grocery stores don't have the excess food to give. So that's a huge amount of, of food that would normally be being redistributed not only is there greater need because there's so many more people that need support, but there's less donations because the, those the, the grocery stores are giving way more than you'll ever generate from like your local food drive or whatever. Primarily, the grocery stores are supplying that donated food. So, what the food or food organizations like Food Share need isn't canned donations they need money so that they can go out and get food on the on the open market um so that was something i once i learned about it, it was a kind of an aha moment like they're they're getting hit on both sides there's 30 percent greater need there's less of the ability for the grocery stores to supplement um with excess food that would if we didn't give it to the to the to the food distribution centers they'd be out because we have a fairly inefficient food system that's all just being exacerbated so it was something that opened my eyes uh and just kind of really elaborated that we need to we need to point a spotlight at it it was surprising but now it you know it makes sense when you think about it yeah i didn't think about that either so thank you for bringing that up um so just to we got a couple of questions here so sundar's here on the live sundar says 
Hey, Shan. And Lisa wants to know, where's the official finish line? Good question. Um, I don't think we know exactly. Uh, there's a couple couple things we're looking at. We'll probably announce that in the next week or two when we okay. have a, a better idea of exactly when we'll get to Connecticut. Um, but on the coast somewhere, and I'm jump, definitely jumping into the Atlantic. I don't care how cold it is. So if anybody wants to jump in with me, uh, <laughs> we'll be doing it somewhere. We, yeah. all right, Callie's not jumping in. I'm jumping in. <laughs> I've had other people that say they want to come with. So, so we'll make a thing about it, hopefully. Um, but good question. Uh, we're thinking Old Saybrook was one place that was mentioned. Um, but we, I don't know for sure. We'll try to make it interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, keep us uh, informed, definitely. I'm sure there are many healthy runners who would love to meet up with you. Um, I know I want to definitely meet up once you hit Connecticut. Do you want to jump in the uh, Atlantic in November with me? No, I'm good. I'm good with oh, you. <laughs> I'm sure. See, I'm not a trail runner. Some of your trail runner <laughs> friends, they'll jump in the Atlantic with you, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, so Sundar wanted to know how you're taking care of yourself and how many hours of sleep do you get? So we did just kind of cover that a little bit, Sundar. So essentially you're getting a good, like nine to 10 hours of sleep a night, you would say? Yeah. Yeah. And that's about all I do. I, I, I don't roll. I don't, I don't really stretch very much. Um, no ice baths, all of that saves time. So that I could just, just eat, just rest. That is literally all all that i personally do as far as taking care of myself nice nice and uh cats here on the live thanks so much for tuning in cats um and lisa says that she's going to join you she said she'll swim she'll swim Sweet. in the atlantic thanks, lisa. <laughs> <laughs> nice so we're kind of getting to the end here shan so those who jumped on here on the live and facebook if you guys this will help get Shan's cause out uh, to more people. If you hit that like, hit the love button, um, that will just help more people see this amazing journey that Shan's on, honestly, and be able to help his cause. Um, and if you are watching this um, on our Sparky Training YouTube channel, first off, thank you so much. Um, share the link. Share the link with a friend of yours who can really help out Food Share, help out some people who really need the help during this difficult time, as well as if you're listening on the podcast and copy the link, share the episode with someone uh, who needs to listen to this during their next run. And then we're going to get to the last comment here. Before we go, uh, Bonnie says that you will need to write a book um, when you're finished with this journey. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that sounds daunting to run across the country. <laughs> it might be easier to run across the country, right, than write a book. <laughs> yeah, so – Shan, thank you so much, honestly, for taking the time. I know you got to get to bed. You got to yes. work on that recovery and rest. Um, anything else you'd like to share that we didn't cover um, before you go? No, this has been this has been great. Thank you, uh, thanks for for all of it, and hopefully, I'll, I'll see you and everybody else in you know a month or so. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, thanks for you know coming on and sharing this story. I think it will help, uh, number one, honestly, motivate some runners. So I've had a bunch of people join the Healthy Runner group today. One of the questions was, how do runners stay motivated? Like hearing stories like yours, it's like, this guy's literally running every day, like more than I run in a week. Like 
how am I going to complain about going out of my house tomorrow at 530 to run my four miles, right? Like, I'm just going to be thinking about you out there on the road and be like, okay, I can run these four miles. Um, yeah. So, you know, keeping folks motivated. And honestly, the cause is what it's all about. So especially during this time of the year, during a pandemic, thank you for shedding light on the need that we have throughout the country. And then especially here locally in Connecticut, you're doing a great thing. We want to raise a lot of money for this cause and be able to help people out. And honestly, even some of the stats, like just go to Shan's website. Again, what is the website again? ShanRunsAcrossAmerica.com. <laughs> ShanRunsAcrossAmerica.com. Very easy to navigate. You can donate right there. You can check out like some of the stats I was reading. I think it said something like 118,000 people just in the Hartford area are food insecure. I was like, holy cow, that many people? Like I had no clue like literally in my state, in my backyard. So there's some great stuff on the website. Make sure you check it out. Follow his journey on his website. Like he said, also on social, on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, they post some great pictures. So follow Shan's journey. We're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be ready for you when you come back to Connecticut. Give you a nice welcome home greeting. And thank you for everyone who tuned into the live, honestly. And if you're watching the replay, thank you so much for watching this replay. Or if you watched it on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel or on the Healthy Runner podcast. Remember, every Monday night at 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind in your schedule so you can get your running questions answered. So thanks again, Shan. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks again. Remember, stay active, stay healthy. And as Shan is doing, just keep running. Until next time, guys. Bye. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about, given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say, and I read all of them, and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.